You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brent McCoy. Good afternoon, everyone. David Hall. Hello. Greg Hectus. Hey, guys. Jesse Gray. We the North. Tony Groves. Evening, gentlemen. Will Gibson. Hey, what's up, guys? And special guest, Josh Rogers. Hey, how we going? Hey, welcome. Well, today's special guest segment is brought to you by SimLab Racing Simulator Products. SimLab provides quality sim racing chassis to suit your sim racing needs. Check them out at sim-lab.eu or search SimLab on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, welcome, Josh. Uh, we're really happy to have you on the show. Uh, let's get to learn uh, a little bit about you, and I'll run through some questions. First, tell us, when did you first hear the word iRacing, and uh, how did you hear about it, and how did you get started? Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Um, honestly, the the first way I heard about iRacing was, was actually through a friend um, back in, in 2014. Before that, I'd, I'd just been doing... Uh, kind of, you know, fun racing in Codemasters, F1 games, and Gran Turismo and the likes. But um, kind of once I heard about iRacing, tried it, and came here, um, I don't know, there was just something about it that was just different and uh, and really hooked me. Initially, though, obviously, it's, it's all in the name of fun, but uh, I guess things have changed a little bit since then. Okay, very good. And uh, nowadays, tell us, you know, how often are you running... Uh, well, what are you running? We know you're running the Porsche Esports Super Cup uh, series, obviously, but what else are you running besides that? Um, most of the time, uh, it's, it's just practicing for the Esports Super Cup and uh, the RSGT. Uh, and kind of in between, obviously, doing um, my, my data packs for, for virtual racing school, uh, doing the, the Ford GT at IMSA, uh, or in IMSA, the Formula Renault 2.0, and also... Um, the, the Audi R8 GT3 in VRS GT, uh, GT Sprint Series, yeah. So um, most of the time, it's just a, a mixture of those cars. Um, sometimes I'll jump in and have a little bit of fun in the in Pro Trucks, though. New addition to iRacing, and I'm not sure whether you guys have tried them, but <laughs> they're uh, certainly a bundle of fun, and um, also the Viet Civic car thrown in there as well. If you're an Australian, you can't not do that. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I got two wins last night, actually, in the Pro 4 truck myself. Uh, so I'm, I was pretty happy about that. But uh, they are a blast. So you're part of a, like what I call one of these super teams, uh, Coanda SimSport. Tell us a little bit about your involvement there and uh, what happens and how do they support your effort? Well, of course. Uh, I guess really they, they support um, our drivers, I guess, much like anyone or any other team would you know they're always um they're always behind you and always trying to to push you to strive um for new heights and i guess all of us together um there seems to be quite a strong chemistry uh between us and, and i feel like we're working together really really well this year um everything seems to be gelling and and uh hopefully you know i think the results are showing that um but but yeah obviously supporting us not only um, morally on track, off track, um, but also, you know, events and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, honestly, it's a, it's a huge privilege to be able to, uh, to drive under that banner and, um, 
yeah, definitely do it proud. Yeah, you're you're certainly uh, leading by example there for sure, and uh, it is a, a a great group uh, when you look at the lineup of people driving. It's just like wow, uh, what a lineup! But uh, tell us next about your hardware setup. I mean, what what do you got for a cockpit, wheels, pedals? Are you on VR or monitors? Yeah, so recently I um I upgraded to an eighty twenty setup, um, custom built, and uh, you know, obviously that's allowed me to to go to some different lengths. Um, got a set of DIY sim simcraft pedals. Not sure whether you guys have heard about those, but um, a little bit uh, niche, I suppose. Uh, triple monitor setup, one forty four hertz, and also testing the VRS Force Pro direct drive system. So uh, certainly incredibly pleased with that. And um, yeah, it's going really, really well so far. I uh, yeah, I can't really say anything bad about it. How do wow, you like that the... is a good setup. Sorry, how do you like the jump from or to the direct drive wheels? Oh, it's it's just a different world, really. I came from a um, Fanatec Club Sport V2. Obviously, it was a little bit worn out by then, but uh, yeah, it's uh, just the fidelity, the force, uh, and the smoothness. Everything, how quick. Um, obviously, because you're not turning all these belts and and um, pulleys and all sorts of things, um, everything's always so much more direct, and you can change direction faster, catch slides quicker. It, you just feel everything so much uh, closer to to I guess what the real driver would feel, uh, or in a real car. Um, and and yeah, certainly the, the servo motors really give um, that sense of uh, of feedback from the car that, you, that in sim it kind of makes um essentially makes driving on on old tires um at least for me way way easier because you can feel the car that little bit better um yeah, but but yeah honestly uh yeah, i'm just blown away really by the direct drive i hadn't tried one beforehand so um yeah certainly certainly a surprise okay and um about that one of the topics I think we have later is uh, about with direct drive. Do you run a hundred percent power on on the wheel, and then you can then run a lower percentage in the sim, or do you run a hundred percent in the sim and then lower it on the on the uh, VRS wheel? How are you running it? Um, at the moment, I I'm probably doing it a little bit backwards to some people. Um, I've got it roughly at sixty percent or so in in the in the VRS um, and in the wheel, and then uh, in the sim, I've got it around. Uh, depending on the car, uh, I guess the Porsche it's around set to like 30 newton meters. Um, in sim, so obviously that's not the max force of the wheel. Um, and and then other cars sometimes up to 50 or so. But um, yeah, I, I notice a lot of people tend to run it like 100% on the wheel and then adjust it in sim, which is perfectly fine i haven't back to backed it so i can't really definitively say what's better or worse um i just kind of went what <laughs> went with what peter suggested and um yeah it seems to be doing the job so far yeah it seems to be okay doing it either way but there's obviously two ways of doing it there but uh very cool uh and then next question what is your most memorable i racing moment so far oh boy <laughs> what an interesting question. Um, honestly, there was, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of V8 Scops, um, but back in 2016, 
was actually fighting for my first win in that series. Um, I had a mega mega battle with um, Madison Down and Jared Philsell. Um, you know, it, it kind of spanned for, for five or so laps, three wide, into hairpins, switchbacks, all the sorts. And um, yeah, honestly, that's probably one of those one of those races that will be pretty hard to forget. Um, so I would say that's probably my most memorable, but there's there's certainly other other moments that have uh, have nearly topped that one. Yeah, uh, this Porsche uh, season is uh, probably some of that. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, first, I want to hear: Do you have any real life racing going on, or any aspirations to do that? Um, not at the moment. Uh, I have at least last year uh, and prior for nine or eight, eight or so years I'd been doing karting um, in Australia at state and national level um, with reasonable success um, a, a couple of state championships thrown in there but um, I don't know unfortunately this year it just wasn't really gelling for me and um, I needed to try something different so we've kind of shifted the focus uh, entirely on onto sim racing um, and of course you know university studies and social life and all that that doesn't really matter <laughs> um but yeah uh certainly a lot more of a focus on, on sim racing this year but um hopefully hopefully we can um you know get that motivation to get back in, into real racing i did have aspirations to you know make it and, and all sorts but it just kind of didn't seem to, to pan out that way and um i think it, it just took it was going to take more effort than what i was willing to put in essentially um so i, I guess i just for me personally, I just didn't um, see the worth. I probably should have, in hindsight, but um, you know we can't go dwelling on, on past. We got to move forward, and um, I think honestly, sim racing's looking the way that uh, if it keeps growing at the rate it is, you know, it can be be something big too. So um, yeah, fingers crossed, we're, we're there for that. All right, very good. Um, let's talk about world championship. Uh, I, I call it that because it's changed a lot from year to year here. Last year was F1 cars, this year Porsche. Uh, how has that played out for the guys who were running F1 last year? Um, you know, we, we've always watched Hutu and how he's done, and uh, same with Martin Kroenke. Uh, how much of a disadvantage was it for those guys to switch cars like this, uh, or is it an advantage to others like you? Um, it's hard to say, honestly. Uh, I think... Obviously, the people that were very, very solely focused on, on F1 and really liked the downforce aspect um, probably saw it as a little bit of a challenge, switching the cars. But that being said, though, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a disadvantage because you know these drivers at that caliber, especially Hutu, and you've seen Kronke this year. Anyway, he has won around. Um, you know, when they um, put the effort into to getting used to that new car, they can adapt so quickly anyway. Uh, just because of the caliber of their driver, uh, of the driver. Obviously, Greg has struggled a little bit more this year than others, but um, yeah, I think it was certainly a curveball, um, and uh, I think it, it has struck a, a few people by surprise with some new people coming up. Um, I guess myself being one of them, it, it's probably been an advantage for me. I've always really been driving chin tops. Um, last year was my first year and only year in F1, so um, I certainly wouldn't say I was an expert in that um, but I definitely feel a lot more comfortable in these cars than what I did um, 
what I did then. So I guess it is a little bit of an advantage for me. But you see it the the same with the likes of Jamie Fluke as well. Like he was there last year, but um, he's certainly risen to the occasion um, this year as well. So uh, yeah, I, I guess it, it, for me personally, it probably is a slight advantage. But I'm not sure whether it's a for the others. All right. Yep. And uh, also about the series, I I understand that they uh, invert after qualifying maybe up to eighth and so do ever does anybody ever try to qualify uh just outside the invert so they end up on pole i mean how does that work um yeah so to explain it basically um the from first to eighth is uh, after qualifying is and then the the race results from the sprint race obviously uh is your starting grid for the main event so obviously um, qualifying and, and where you can finish in that sprint race is crucial. Uh, so obviously, you know, trying to make it as easy for yourself as possible, um, finishing in that kind of top four in the sprint race obviously makes um, the rest of your day a lot easier. But I'm not sure for other people. I can't speak for them. Uh, personally, I, I'm not trying to qualify eighth. Um, I, it would be an advantage, but in a series that's so close, there's this. Yeah, it's just, it's just a tenth or something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, well, uh, I just had to ask that because the invert is kind of a neat idea. Next question is, let's say next year, uh, imagine Porsche disappears and there's a different car for this championship. What car would you want it to be? Um, honestly, I'd like to see it go back to the Formula 1 car. I think that'd be cool. Or at least bring in maybe a new one. Uh, you know, like a, a current generation car. Uh, I think it'd be good for the sim. Racing necessarily might not be too great, but um, it'd still be very, very enjoyable to, to, to compete in. Right. Uh, well, the prize pool of money added to the series this year really has taken this uh, road eSport uh, to the next level, I think. Is there any ideas on what is the next level after this? Uh, can we grow you know, beyond a, a manufacturer sponsorship like Porsche? To maybe a series sponsorship, like right, let's can we have the FIA or Formula One be involved in this? What do you think? Yeah, I think um, I mean FIA could certainly be on the cards. Uh, I feel like Formula One, they're they're certainly set in uh, and doing their own thing. So I think uh, yeah, FIA could personally be a, po a possibility. Um, obviously, they do have their Grand Turismo stuff, but I think moving forward. Um, I feel like we'll see a lot more land events. We're going to see a lot more driver interaction, and uh, and try and really create or make it feel much much more personal. We're seeing all the time all these new series pop series popping up that are um, obviously sanctioned by by real race uh, racing corporations, or whatever. And um, and we're seeing a lot more lands, and they're really trying to to really push the driver aspect. Um, because I feel like, at least when you look in other esports, it's not uh, like Counter Strike, for example. You're always seeing the players. You're always, whether you they may not know it, you're always interacting with them one way or another. Um, whereas in sim racing, it's a little bit different. Where you know, obviously, really most of the time, you're only really dictated by the, the model in sim. You know, uh, we at a LAN event, you know, so many more doors are opened to be able to uh, basically incorporate that driver you know, to a personal aspect and then other people can, can really connect a little bit easier. Um, no different to watching a live stream you know, on Twitch. You wouldn't 
necessarily watch a streamer if you couldn't see them. So uh, it's a very, very similar scenario. But I think moving forward, um, we, we should see a boost in, in land events and that personalization. Okay, cool. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. I mean, uh, you're obviously going after the world championship, but you run other events. Uh, you guys won Le Mans, uh, the 24-hour of Le Mans, top split, and you guys won it by two laps. Uh, I saw that. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, how does that rank up with, uh, you know, does that rank as high as what you're doing in Porsche, or is this like a, a big deal to you guys, or is it just for fun, or what? Well, Le Mans was definitely a huge deal for us, uh, especially the team. Uh, it's one of those events, so it's, it's a little bit prestigious, and you always want to, to be able to do as best as you can. Obviously, that result was really, really good for us. Um, but yeah, every, every single race we go into, we, we always always striving to, to do the best we can. Um, there's never really anything that, that necessarily takes huge priority um, over one another. Obviously, World Championship is at the top, but um, you know, if if there is a pyramid of um, priority, you know, all the other series and events are, are certainly very very close. Um, we just always need to, to find that way to manage the time and, and be able to, to put in maximum effort, basically. Um, but yeah, obviously we are doing quite a few other things. We did Daytona as well. Uh, we'll be skipping out Watkins just to focus on on some other things. But um, but yeah, for sure, I think. There isn't huge difference in priority between this. All right. And how about oval racing? Are you doing any NIS, NASCAR, anything like that, or Indy? Well, at least this week, you know, NIS goes to Sonoma. I'm thinking about it. Um, but I don't know. Races are just so long. <laughs> if I had my A license, I'd just do A fixed, but um, obviously we can't do that. Uh, I did do a C fixed race last week at. Um, Oh, I can't remember what track it was. Uh, do you guys know? I don't remember what it was. Was it Road America? No, it wasn't. What is he talking about? The C, 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 C fix C. for the cup car? Uh, should C. Be, yeah, for the truck. Or, sorry, should for have the been truck Iowa. Car. Yeah, it was yeah. Iowa, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that was fun. There was a bit of a bumpy track up high, but thankfully the line didn't change too much, so I didn't have to read the track. But that was fun, yeah, doing some oval, and um, and obviously, like I said earlier, trucks as well, so, or pro trucks. Um, yeah, even pro trucks on road, too. Brilliant combo. It's amazing. All right, very good. Uh, something else I saw you were doing is a, a time attack competition. It's called the Porsche Sim Racing Trophy Competition. And uh, you basically uh, are doing a time attack against everybody. And the top person gets to go to the Sim Racing Expo in August. And uh, last I looked, you have that time. Did you win it? Um, yeah, we did manage to, to come out on top in that. Basically, uh, the, the, the Porsche Sim Racing Trophy is just an event at the Sim Racing Expo. Uh, the top 32 from the time attack competition um, end up going there. And then obviously the uh, the format then uh, dwindles the numbers down to I think about twelve for for the final race. Um, so basically it's like an elimination competition, uh, but it's at the event. So that's another LAN, like I was saying earlier. Kind of everything's uh, hopefully starting to shift that way. Um, and uh, and yeah, certainly really really looking forward to it. Managed to uh, to go over there last year as well for the Porsche Sim Racing Summit um, at their Leipzig factory. Um, that was brilliant. 
<laughs> what an experience. Um, you know, getting to even just meet all, all the guys from the team and um, and do all that sort of stuff as well outside of the event it, itself. And from what I've heard, anyway, I haven't been to the Sim Expo before, but um, it's certainly got that focus on uh, just meeting up and having a really good time. So I'm certainly looking forward to that and come late August. And um, yeah, fingers crossed that can all go over there. But honestly, at the end of the day, uh, when you get to get to travel somewhere, you you haven't necessarily been before. I haven't been to the Nurburgring, um, so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely looking forward to that one. And uh, it was nice to to be able to come out on top for sure. It took a lot of hot lapping, but uh, <laughs> all good things are, are worth putting effort into. The times were very, very close too. They're right at the top there too, but you edged them out just by a hair. Uh, next up, uh, let, let's talk about the the Porsche Super Cup here and. The championship. I mean, you got two wins, uh, leading the points by a lot. We're halfway through the season. Uh, tell me how big a hit was a starting at the rear situation there. I, I understand maybe you had an incident issue and then it, you had to start in the back a bit. Uh, how did that affect it? And then as far as points go, is everyone else racing for second at this point, you think? or? Oh, definitely not. No, uh, the championship's still wide open with uh, the points how they are. Obviously, they're very, very close. Even last round, before coming into last round, the championship was still wide open. Anything can happen. Um, but yeah, obviously, the uh, the points hit was <laughs> it was tough. But um, it's, that's why we uh, we pushed for that early points lead so you can kind of fall back on things like this. But unfortunately, I just had a few too many at-fault contacts and, and basically the penalty of that was, was to start from the rear grid. So I was also back there with uh, a couple other people as well uh, in the same scenario as me. Um, basically, coming into the weekend, I knew that um, even if I scored zero points uh, and Mitchell scored maximum, I'd only be kind of 20 or so points behind. There wasn't too much pressure on myself uh, from me, but... Uh, I was obviously going to try to salvage whatever I could, uh, and I feel like in the sprint race I did that quite well. Um, actually, it's the 14th, I think. Um, so in a 15-minute race, that um, that was optimal for me, uh, trying to salvage as many points as I could, and ultimately that result was what has still kept me in the lead of the championship at the moment. So um, yeah, obviously that was uh, that was crucial, but the feature event obviously didn't pan out. Uh, how it would have been there. Unfortunately, there was a little bit of a, a biffle in front of me and uh, tried to get through it. Barely, barely didn't miss it and, uh, and yeah, got caught up in it. But, yeah, that's racing. It happens. We move on. Um, next round at Watkins next weekend. So uh, another track that should be interesting for racing and hopefully a lot of buzzing too. So uh, looking forward to that one. And, and, you know, from this point on, it's just going to be a matter of trying to keep it nice and consistent and uh, finish ahead of those championship rivals don't take too many risks. yeah see how it goes hey josh is that the long uh track configuration for Watkins Glen, or is it just a cup one no it is it's the long one it's the boot. okay it has so the boot full, full bus stop boot everything personally i'd prefer the cup layout but um yeah well i gotta say i've been very entertained watching uh the porsche super cup series this year i don't watch it live because that's like early on a Saturday morning for me. But I do watch the replays and the uh, highlight reels and whatnot. And iRacing has done a really good job at presenting the racing that you guys are doing. Uh, kudos on that. But uh, I got to tell you that Montreal uh, race, that battle with Mitchell DeJong, uh, you guys 
were uh, doing some great racing side by side. I, I mean, you guys are teammates, but you know, Mitchell DeJong is one of the best drivers out there, and he finally made an error. But I mean, he's having a, a really good year as well, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Mitchell's year, um, basically from Mid Ohio onwards, has been super consistent. Um, basically, he's he's there, and and. The thing I always have to keep in the back of my mind is that if I make a mistake, he will be there to pounce. So I can't, um, I can't let too many slip, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, that battle at Montreal, um, yeah, well, uh, I, yeah, I think a lot of people didn't expect it, and I didn't expect it to close the gap either. Um, and obviously, getting on the back of Mitchell, I've personally never really seen him make a mistake before so it wasn't something i was used to um but thankfully i mean we both went in too deep <laughs> he unfortunately went off the road um but i was very very close to doing that um i think it was kind of almost like uh trying to bait each other <laughs> into going that little bit deeper you know but uh but yeah uh thankfully we were able to uh to, to get it stopped enough and uh, get the over under but yeah for sure amazing racing uh and montreal wasn't necessarily the track that I was going to expect that because um, the the slowdowns um, they're, they're quite harsh um, so one little mistake in a series as close as this as well you know, if you get a three second slowdown that's like 15 spots you know so uh, at least at the start of the race uh, so I wasn't expecting to see too much aggression but you know overall the yeah the racing was really really good at, at, uh, at Montreal and it was very similar at Mossport I was surprised um, by how uh, I guess not easily because it wasn't easy to pass cars, but um, how often you saw cars passing one another, uh, considering that the, the 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 style of track it's very high speed, and in a car that doesn't really promote high speed grip, um, you wouldn't expect to see so many passes. But um, yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised. All right, well, Josh, I appreciate you coming on the show and telling us about uh, your run to the championship. Uh, you'll ask anybody on this team. I, I told them that you're gonna, you're the guy who's gonna uh, bring it home. So go out there and get it, man. We'll be pulling for you. Tell everybody how do they follow you and and learn more about you. Follow? Do you have Twitch or social? I know we have your Twitter, uh, which is at jkrogers underscore ninety two. But what what else can people do to follow you? Yeah, um, like you said, I'm on Twitter. Uh, also on Twitch, not streaming too regularly, but um, have been doing a couple as of late over at Coanda underscore Rogers. Um, obviously, thank you guys for, for having me on. It was uh, was enjoyable. It was uh, nice to be able to, to chat about this. And um, yeah, I've been looking forward to it for quite a while. Obviously, you can also follow um, the, the Coanda Simsport team over at uh, Coanda Simsport on Twitter, Facebook, uh, also over at our website on coandasimsport.net. But uh, yeah, like I said, thanks for having me guys. and. Um, Looking forward to uh, maybe a next up. All right. Well, very good. We're happy to have you. If we, if you win, I want to have you back and tell us about the win of the championship. Uh, we'll talk then. But uh, next, let's get into stories. But first, uh, Sim Racing Authority, uh, we do sponsor their Sunday night Xfinity series. And Brent Picari wins the iRacing, uh, iRacers Lounge Talladega race. Congratulations, Brett. Uh, the top six drivers are set uh, for the final race. Next week, these six drivers compete for the title at Bristol Motor Speedway. The highest finisher out of the top six will win the championship. Good luck, drivers. And uh, let me see who those are. 
We got Ben Nelson, Delonte Bollard, Kyle Putz, Jake Nichols, Lachlan McMillan, and Nick Northrop. Good luck, guys. Will, take us into our first story. A brand new championship is starting. Yeah, we talked about it last week um, a little bit, but it has been confirmed there will be a 2019 USAC World Championship in the 410 non-wing sprint car. Qualifiers start Monday, June 25th. I believe when week three starts is when their season picks up. Um, and it'll run, uh, the championship itself actually is going to begin September 11th. So you have the 10-week official series. I believe there's two drop weeks, if I'm not mistaken. But there is going to be in a, another world championship on dirt. So I'm real excited. I'm going to try to see what I can do. See if I can make it. I'm real excited for this one. What do you guys think about it? Pretty cool, man. Uh, is it, where's the prize money from? Is that just iRacing ponying up? I don't see a sponsor involved. There's USAC. Uh, maybe they're doing it. Yeah, it's. Uh, it looks like it's coming from USAC, the way they kind of worded some stuff in the forum. Uh, the only known prize at the moment is going to be uh, $10,000 to the champion. Um, iRacing and USAC are still working to finalize details as far as the last forum post I saw. So we're still waiting for some information there, but the way things were worded, it looks like it's coming from USAC, and I really think a lot of these series, World of Outlaws, USAC, I mean, NASCAR is doing it. These eSports iRacing championships is a great way to promote their real-life uh, series, and I think we're going to see that um, going forward with a lot more of these series. Yeah, it does kind of read like they're trying to get sponsorship, maybe, to, to increase the the pool. But, boy, that's a pretty neat opportunity, and we'll uh, go get it, man. Uh, we'll be uh, rooting for you. I think maybe I need to buy the car just so I can watch you and Ghost or Spot or something. Yeah, I think I think you got to drive it, man. That thing is, in my opinion, one of the funnest cars in all of iRacing. Um, whether I make it or not, I, re I mean, I'm going to give it my best shot, but I'm just hoping more of these races go official and time slots I can race in um, just because I really think they're – very underappreciated in the uh, dirt car community. They are a handful, they're a beast, and just a ton of fun to drive. Yeah, this will definitely help with the race participation with this series. And I know, Mike said, you're interested in starting it. I know I'm interested in also doing this too, but we'll see. I'm not really good on dirt at all, as we saw from the uh, pro trucks throughout the past week. But it's good to see that they continue to pony up this money for these series and hopefully draw attention to these series that aren't being used. I say guys like Alex Bergeron, if they keep winning all these championships, you got the wing sprint cars. Now you're going to have non-wings, late models. I mean, you can make a good living if you're fast enough. <laughs> That's true. I mean, uh, Alex would probably be uh, a threat for this, I'm sure. All right, let's keep moving. Jesse, 10 things you're doing wrong in the e-NASCAR. Yeah, VRS posted a good video, very informational, with uh, peak driver Keegan Leahy talking about uh, the do's and don'ts, more so the don'ts of uh, eNASCAR and anything from visibility, uh, assist to use, assist not to use, ways to get runs on guys, what the car, what you want the car to feel like, especially more so he talks a lot about the rear end side of things. Um, little, he does a little bit uh, of kind of respect and, and patience too, but I, I think he hit on every topic I could think of and I took a few things out of it too. It's a, uh, it's a pretty good video. I, I think uh, anybody can pick up at least one or two things out of it, no matter how long you've been running. Yep. So that's for at real VRS on Twitter. 
uh, virtual racing school. So uh, check that out. They, uh, it's only two minutes long, so but it does have some good information. All right, Brent, uh, we got a special thanks to Williams Racing from Matt Busa. Yeah, that's pretty much it right there in the title. Uh, Matt Busa went out and thanked Williams Racing and specifically Canadian Grand Prix. Williams Esports went and had Matt Busa out for the weekend. This is almost two weeks ago at the Canadian Grand Prix when they had that. Looks like they had a heck of a good time. He's got a couple pictures on his personal uh, um, Twitter account. So if you want to check that out, Matt Busa on his Twitter. Pretty neat that these guys get these opportunities to go to real racing. Uh, you know, we were talking to uh, Malik Ray the other day, and he was going to go to Richmond, I think. And you know, Matt Busa gets to go to the Canadian Grand Prix. I mean, that's pretty cool. All right, I got the next one. Uh, Parker Kligerman is turning out to be quite a spokesman for eNASCAR. Uh, but uh, he was on Nate Ryan's NASCAR on NBC podcast, which is a regular podcast that I listen to for regular racing news. But uh, he was a special guest there and spent about 10 minutes uh, talking about esports and the peak series at the end of that podcast. Uh, he was making the argument that if the series has grown correctly by owners, NASCAR, and iRacing, it could be, end up being an entry into the sport of NASCAR. A quote, it is taken very seriously. You have got to have a lot of very talented guys that are at the top of the sim racing and esports motorsports. Uh, he also talks about the growth of the audience from last year to this year in peak. Uh, he mentioned how this will help grow the NASCAR fan base and that the traditional NASCAR fan base now has visibility to peak. Uh, Parker also referenced how sim racing will remove the cost barrier of trying to break into the this, this sport now that you have a way to get in virtually at a low cost. Uh, he also alluded to the RTA, the uh, Race Team Alliance, and their Heat League. It sounded like that is something they're kind of doing on their own, uh, is the way I heard it. Uh, he said he hopes that the politics of real motorsports stays out of it and will be all okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys heard that, but it was a very interesting uh, story. But... I didn't realize that the RTA was really behind the Heat uh, League, uh, and I think that's kind of news to me. Uh, but that makes sense now, because they're getting they're getting paid for you know by it somehow. So, but well, as we are probably going to talk about in a little bit, the major media markets are all picking up on that the fact that that esports and sim racing is is becoming a part of the of the landscape now. Yeah. In fact, uh, Parker posted another thing up on Twitter, uh, what he calls uh, incoming thread. He d he's been doing these. But he said, uh, met a young kid under 10 today who's a huge NASCAR fan wearing Jimmy Johnson. His mom said he wants to be a race car driver so badly. And uh, he, she asked, how did you start? So uh, <clears throat> he said... Uh, he, or the lady said his dad said he should focus on the video game racing esports. And so Parker said, you know, he's right. It's growing like crazy. By the time he's old enough, it could be massive. And that's the point to offer another path into the sport. Uh, and so uh, he, he just, you know, gives a real life example of how he's kind of spreading the word. Hey, Mike, with this uh, with this story, I kind of ask you a question here. We, I mean, we, we've been talking about, you know, this kind of thing ever since I, I started on the podcast. Um, 
and you know things that they need to do and things you wish they would do um and it seems to how i see it a lot of this stuff is you know they're finally doing it um like your opinion is is uh is this the right way that they're 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 doing it they're going about they're going about it i mean it's it's the uh the coverage is absolutely huge and it's all over the place now um and just a short time ago it it certainly was not the case but we were just kind of hoping what are your thoughts you know i think uh it's going really well i think could it be better i i almost feel like we should be doing it off season of nascar you know opposite of nascar and then it carries more significance maybe because then maybe you get some real drivers you know like you have a guest nascar driver each week uh, kyle bush or uh, denny hamlin or uh, joey logano sit down and race with the pete guys you know each week um maybe that's something that you know i don't know if that can happen during regular season so maybe it happens in the off season it also gives the nascar audience something to watch maybe we can get nbc to broadcast it you know on nbc I think that's I, sorry, David. I think the thing that's stopping it is what you just said there, Mike. Is is there's nothing media television wise has picked up on it. It's it's all um, broadcasted online, and that's for a specific audience has to find it. Then, like if 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 NBC or Fox or something picked it up one time to see what it would do, maybe they would it would be a uh, you know getting their foot in the door to try to have more of it. Well, I, I think that's, we're, we're just a, you know, a very small step away from that happening. Um, with, with all the, the coverage that's going on and, you know, uh, spoke, spokespeople like Parker Kligerman, you know, he's just, he's just hammering at home. Dale Jr. does the same thing. Um, I think it's just, you know, we're a very short step away from, you know, uh, NBC or Fox or, you know, one of the, the major media companies um, broadcasting one of these uh, e-races. You know, it should be i-racing because we all know that's that, you know, that's the best product. But I mean, it, it very well could be heat. And, you know, if it's if it's done right, um, sky's the limit. And I think, it, you know, it's, it's game on from there. I would love uh, – one thing I was going to say uh, that uh, Josh Rogers talked about is LAN events. I think if we are going to get this broadcasted, I would love to see a proper LAN event drivers there with even like a crew box with their spotter and their crew chief and really watch the event not just on the track but see what these guys actually go through. and What they look a lot, like. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that we don't get to see and now it's getting better and better with each broadcast. But if you had a proper LAN event, say held here in Charlotte or at say the NASCAR Hall of Fame where they have rigs set up, a camera crew, and you get a mixture of what we see on track, which is phenomenal. As well, uh, you're kind of breaking up. Scenes, I think they could really do good. Now, yeah, Mike. The other thing I was thinking here too is, and this is no offense to Parker Klingerman or something, but He's an NBC um, sports analyst, but do you, do you need a bigger name to be attached to it to maybe push it more? Like, Parker's not a huge, big name in NASCAR, but he was at least a racer in it. But do you have to get, like, one of the bigger names, like an Earnhardt or something, to push it more than he already is? 
to focus yeah. on it. I don't know what more Dale Jr. can do. I mean, he's doing a lot already. He's a team owner. He talks about it all the time. But maybe... It, I don't think he's... Like, Parker Kligerman took on the role to do the other... Like, to do the stuff with NBC, with, a, with the Sim stuff that... Um, when they show you the track and stuff. Like, do you think it would make more difference if... Or be a better, better if it was done with Junior instead of him? Well, just... Greg, just wait until you know Fox takes takes over. Is that how it works? Or NBC? Who the hell yeah. is uh, who, who's Junior with? You know, when when he comes on, um, that very he very very well may be doing that. Um, we just don't know yet because he's the he hasn't been going live yet. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's a big deal or not. But you got to remember, Junior's role is more of a uh, he's in the booth kind of guy, you know, and. Uh, and so this guy, Parker Kligerman, he's kind of doing the stuff back home and the weekly uh, shows and that kind of stuff. But uh, let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. David, uh, congratulations to you. Uh, you got invited to participate on the NASCAR on NBC broadcast. Tell us about that a little bit. It was quite fun. They basically look for drivers who can definitely stick it on the track and can make it... Um, make a good race without all of the stuff that you t typically see in, in, in IS, you know, nothing over aggressive. Uh, and it was quite fun because we were making passing moves, knowing everybody was still approaching it with, uh, I don't want a wreck approach. So this was the IndyCar at Road America, right? We did the IndyCar at Road America, and then we did the uh, Cup Car at Sonoma. We did two segments. Okay, so I watched the Road America segment. And it, it looked like you guys were doing a parade lap, kind of. You were like side by side, kind of not at full speed, but going pretty fast. There, they wanted us to race once once AJ got close to us, but they wanted us to let him catch up with us because he was starting all the way in the back. And you, if you've ever run a real race, you know if you would take you would have to spend about 30 minutes climbing all the way up through the field right. if, if everybody was so kind was of let full him speed. pass and go by and well we didn't let him it's not really letting him pass but letting him get to us before we start really going full speed i see well uh good job on that i did watch and you guys did a good job and uh that's a, a neat way of you know iRacing is already on nbc so maybe we can get their own uh segment or uh, their own hour or so to speak, uh, the, for the peak guys. That's what we were hoping for. It's very exciting. I've gotten to race with AJ on on IMSA a few times, and just just getting to, um, you know, it's 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 a bucket list thing almost to get to be on the track with the guys that we're fans of. Where you know you're, you're not necessarily going to get to go play a round of golf with Tiger Woods. Yeah, don't forget AJ Allmendinger was slaying it in cart uh, before cart's demise. If anybody remembers back then, but he was the bomb for sure. He's done really well when he's been been on IMSA and uh, his his NASCAR career. You know, he's you. If you make it into the Cup, you're a, you're an elite driver. Even if you make it into a secondary ride, um, so it, um, I'm definitely a fan. I I love it when he comes on to Dave Moody's show and they they kind of banter each other. All right, well, let's keep moving. Uh, let's, David, you got the tribute video that on um, the 24-hour of Le Mans. 
Yes, this is a fan that made a video talking about the lights and the scenery and the camera angles. I don't know if he made this video after the new light patch came out, but it's a nice little watch. Uh, the cars look beautiful on the track. It starts with some daytime racing. Transitions tonight is really well produced. Oh, yeah. This is Robin Rossenvinge 2, and he has posted videos that we've watched before, uh, and his work is stunning. I, I really thought he did a good job. Uh, he has a little bit of issue with uh, shadows that I see, but other than that, I mean, the quality is awesome. Uh, the way he cut it, uh, some of the scenes. Like, at one point, he has, like, the... the camera behind a tree kind of and he's looking through the leaves at the car and uh some really neat camera shots i just, you know i really enjoy stock car racing too but on cars they're just the prettiest things on the track yeah this is a neat track too so uh check that uh video out search uh on the forums robin rossin vin g2 jesse uh paint problems yeah i racer jake browning Posted in the forums complaining about the uh, paint lines bleeding through the Mustang and the Silverado. And I actually saw this when me and Chris were running the uh, Road to Pro this week. I thought the guy just had maybe not the greatest uh, paint job on his car. But uh, then it was two or three of them. And staff member Brian Simpson noted that uh, it is a bug on their end. And it will be fixed in the next patch. So it sounds like they've already uh, got that halfway resolved. Okay. Next up, I'll take uh, Ignite Series recap. Uh, last week, Caden Rush led the points, leading the Charlotte Le uh, leaving the Charlotte Legends Oval. The series will be heading to South Boston this week. Caden leaves the championship by eight points over Michael Bumgarner, who is one point over third, which ended in a tie, including several drivers, including the iRacing World of Outlaw driver Cole Cabri, with 124 points. And so uh, South Boston next. That should be pretty cool. I completely missed that. I need to find if there's a replay or something. That's a series that they're going to go to Modifieds at the end, right? Yeah. Yep. They're Legends and then Modified for the championship. I watched some of uh, Tyler Marble, uh, his stream. At Is that. he in it? Yeah, he's he's making a run for it. And that looks like some good, clean racing. I uh, believe they were on the Legends Oval. and <laughs> Yeah. For the Legends Oval, anybody that's ever done two laps there with another car, uh, you always find each other, and they, they stayed out of each other pretty good. I mean, even some door-to-door -door racing, that high groove normally doesn't give you much luck up there, but he was making some moves. It looked like looked like some good racing. Yeah, I think we watched Tyler Marble last year in this series as well. Uh, his friend Dad is a, a friend of the podcast, a listener. All right, uh, Tony Groves, uh, iRacing and the real world mix again, Ty Majeski. Yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't talked about uh, Majeski in a in a little bit, but uh, he was at the Milwaukee Mile and uh, cut himself a P two after much adversity. Um, guess he had a, ended up having a right rear tire go go down on him and uh, came back with uh, from seventeenth place with fifteen laps to go to to capture uh, second place. Um, he uh, posted on his Facebook that he'll also be racing at Dell's Raceway Park for the, um, oh boy, I had it here, um, for the Dick Trickle 99 uh, race that they got going. Apparently he's going to be uh, up against some 
pretty stiff competition. So it'll be interesting to see where he fares out with that. Um, still can't believe he, he hasn't, uh, you know, got himself a ride in one of the, uh, the top three NASCAR series, but, uh, um, like he just slays it in this ARCA and pretty much everything else that he races. Um, I guess it's uh, the sponsorship stuff that's just kind of keeping him down because this guy's just a basket full of talent. I mean, we're talking about it because he's got iRacing on the hood of the car. He Obviously, iRacing is sponsoring him still, so that's great. I really think that's cool. Uh, man, why isn't this guy in a truck or uh, Xfinity ride, you know, at this point? He's just as good or better than all those guys in there, so I uh, hope he can get a ride. Yeah, he's out, he's actually getting sponsored um, next or this weekend too, like uh, Tony said through um, Dell's Raceway Park. iRacing is actually sponsoring him too, so it's good to see iRacing continue to throw that support to him. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah he, he deserves it. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna have some good competition because I believe that's the race that uh, Johnny Sauter is now gonna be in, since he's not gonna be able to race the trucks on Saturday. Oh yeah, he got suspended for wrecking somebody under caution. Which, I, you know, if you did that in iRacing, you'd be suspended as well. So that's probably the right call. But, yeah, he's going out to the short track to run instead. All right, Greg, uh, make the GT Challenge Series grow. So racer Brock Kramer uh, posted up uh, some ideas, I guess. He's not uh, too happy with the GT uh, Challenge Series uh, participation, I guess. Uh, they only had five official races go, go official. Uh, Wednesday um, so um, he's been looking for ideas and it looks like he's you know he's posted talking about that he streams it and but he's thinking is there ways to put it on reddit setups free car or something to try and get some more um, some participation um, but it it's I don't know has anybody here David have you run the GT Challenge Series at all? No, are you talk, we're talking about the Fanatec GT Challenge. The uh, Ford GT, the yeah, Corvette, it's, Aston Martin. It's the old, yeah, it's it's all it's the, the classic old one. cars. Yeah, um, I think it kind of brings up the same issue that's been brought up on some of the classic stock cars. Kind of tends to be, I don't know. I'm interested in running the new ones, not the old ones. So that I think that's what uh, he's trying to get out of here too. I think maybe the, he thinks that the older cars are um, bringing it down as well. Um, Alex Horn chimed in on his post or on the post here, and uh, he says that they've been discussing moving the uh, RUF, the rough car, into the series, but the rough GT series is fixed in the scenario. So they got to do a whole bunch of things to change around. So maybe they could even also put the Kia. I don't know, but uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, if they can get that series up and going. Can we just let it die a slow death? And maybe I mean, IMSA last week at Monza was was having 200 people per race every two hours. See, I think this is the problem with this is why I think you should be able to sell back some of your stuff. Like some cars like that just need to go into like you're saying, like die and go away. Like if if it's not being run, there's it's not useful for the content. So maybe make it a you know like a a ten percent refund on it or something or whatever. If somebody if you don't run it to get back some money or some credit to do something else, I don't know. But it just it just seems like a waste of content. 
I think iRacing just has so many series and so many conflicting times that once one starts to fall apart, it just crumbles. And I, they really need to go back and I think redo a lot of these series and make some adjustments and really trim the fat. Um, but one thing I do remember is when they released the last damage model video, they had that Corvette um, in that video having damage. And I almost bet you they're going to trickle out this damage model. If you roll it out to that one series, that will boost that right up real quick. And then you would just have to hope it uh, participation stays over time. That's a good idea. Roll out the new features like the version 7 tire to like a dead series like that to try to bring it back to life. I'm sure that it, the new tire helped the Skippy series quite a bit with participation. All right, let's keep moving. Brent, uh, Road to Pro incidents. Yeah, there's been a little talk over the past couple of weeks since Road to Pro started of the incident limit needing to be readjusted for this race. Again, it's just small talk, not a whole lot so far, but their concern is that these individuals posted on the forums is that there's no accountability or the accountability is way less in this Road to Pro series than it would be in the Peak series or even the NIS series in some of the races. So they put a poll up. It's got 67 votes so far. And it's basically a yes-no poll, and it says reinstate the rolling incident limit. So what they're saying is to reinstate, you know, have a every two weeks or every three weeks, have your um, incident limits carry over from race to race instead of resetting. Right now, the incident limit is 17, and they're saying that because of that 17 limit, people can go out there, cause all this damage and all this chaos, and not be held accountable, and still come back. So... There's a couple um, thoughts that a couple other um, members had made comment to on this post. But first, let's get our um, viewpoint to some of the members on the team here who have raced this Road to Pro. What do you guys think of this Road to Pro incident limit? Have you guys experienced this issue? I'm sorry. I really get the, these three threads about incident limits are starting to get really old. You have 17 incidents for what they're they're what three quarter or a third of the distance of a full race or whatever i don't think they're that long a races like 17 incidents is a lot of incidents and if you want accountability there is accountability we have the protest system that's if if you don't protest you're you're just hampering yourself you're not helping out things so 17 incidents is 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 enough for racing if anything you're trying to go for road to pro and you want to be in a pro series you should you should be able to drive properly. Okay, so uh, well, a couple things here. One counterpoint to that is, you know, you can get 17 incidents and none of those accidents be your fault. You know, so they're trying to cut back on that incident limit. For some of these guys who have raced this road to pro, what are your guys' thoughts? I believe Jesse, have you raced it at all? Yeah, I uh, I can definitely say there's some serious frustration from. Uh, I mean, yeah, I've I've had pure bad luck too. I've always been on the losing end of these, but. Me and uh, Chris were actually messaging back and forth last night about it, and it's just, it's, I don't know, I, I honestly have more confidence in the NIS series right now, and the irony is, I've spent the past two years preaching over and over again, if you get us an A license requirement in NIS, it fixes the problems. This is an NIS, or this is an A license series, and we have more problems. I don't, I don't know if guys are, I don't, I don't know if the incidents are the issue, or if so many guys just listening to the chatter in races, a guy will get taken out, he put it three wide down the middle on a restart, got up there and buried it into somebody, and then complains you ruined my chance to make a pro. 
So I don't know if there's too many guys that are taking this as their only gateway in and, you know, they got to go win this race to get it done. More of like, I don't know if they're treating it more of like the, uh, um, I'm forgetting the name of it, but the race that Larson won to get into the all-star race where they're just door banging and just going crazy like they have to. And Desperation. Like, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, and the best part about that is at the end of the day, it's just like Brent just said is if, or maybe it was Greg, I, I'm sorry, but. If you're going to go and have all these incidents, you're not going to be where you want to be at the end of the race regardless. So, I mean, you've got to learn the lessons at this point to make it to the next level. And it's just, there's no racecraft in it. I don't know why. So, just, can I ask you, what would what would you personally like to see changed in how this setup is ran as far as incident limits or race Nothing. format? Nothing. It's One thing fine. I'd like to see changed... Um, well, it's Jesse. a little frustrating. Oh, okay, go ahead, Jesse. Yeah, Jesse, I want to get since we're on this topic here with you. I think that the benefit to the NIS series that this doesn't have is the fact it's an alternating week series and there's only one start. And I think a lot of guys don't run the truck because, myself included, I spend so much time in the cup car focusing on my NIS program. And I think that the benefit to running NIS every week is you, you become comfortable like it's your daily car. You know the characteristics, you know what you need from the car. And then I think, myself included, you jump into this once every other week, and, and you it is a learning curve a little bit. As much as you know the car, it's not you're not familiar right off the bat. And then you, you take all the, the uh, aggression right off the get-go, and the mistakes just follow. Now, my other question here, would it be better? Now, the road to pro title doesn't get you anywhere because... The only thing, you can have 50 or 60 different splits of this. That can be a lot of participation, but the only one that's really going to matter is split one, right? So the worst part of doing all this racing is all these guys are, you know, that are racing in it think that they're going to get to the road to pro. Well, the road to pro, you're getting the most points out of split one. So why not make a qualifying race to run a road to pro season? Have say 40, whatever, four of them actually get 40 or 43 drivers, and it only the top 10 or 15 or whatever they were cho choosing with the Road to Pro to go on. Not giving this false hope that these guys that are way back think that they can win in it too, because it's a false hope race. It's, you're not going to, if you're in the bottom split, you ain't going to Road to Pro. I hate to tell you. Well, like that's, that. that's what these things do is the top split qualifies for Pro. But that's what I'm saying. They shouldn't title the the you have as soon as that season starts your division set you're not all division one so it doesn't matter once you've been set in a division in the road to pro you can't go any further from it so you're never going to get the points for it the division doesn't affect what split you get in your i rating does but it doesn't help you your division one is where the points are going to be taken out of where the people are qualifying from if you're in split in division five it ain't going to help you well, if you're Division Five, you're you're either there because you're, you're tanked, not the top split, anyway. or you're, you're not, or you're just not that good, not good enough driver to be there. But you could theoretically be a Division Five because of whatever this circumstance or that circumstance. If you skyrocket up the I rating, you could be making the top split. So it's not the division doesn't lock you into a split; it's your I rating. But what I'm saying is, there's no need to run fifty different splits of it. Have a series that's a road to pro with one split of everybody that knows that they're going to qualify for it, but have qualifying for it, I guess, I don't know. I'm it's hard for me to explain it, but 
the 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 incidents are probably coming from the lower sections of you know the the other ten uh, ones of uh, ten splits. Yeah, but and we're seeing the, we're seeing incidents everywhere. Just n not just Road to Pro. This isn't. I don't think this really has anything no, to do with Road to Pro. No, but I'm just saying is you need to. You're not really qualifying for like if I went and raced. Jesse, you, no, no offense to you. If you're going and racing there, Chris, you ain't qualifying for Road to Pro, right? No, it, absolutely it's, not. It, it is but what it is. We know that. We know that. So those, I think that's the other thing is your mentality needs to know that. Maybe some guys don't understand that. Maybe they well, think they have a shot. The title, you nailed it, Greg, with the title. And the only thing I think that I would twist on to what you just said, which is, in my opinion, a great solution to this problem, is run this format. Go ahead. Don't change a lick about it. Keep it the exact same way. But in the fall, when it's all said and done, that's kind of like how they used to take the NIS points. You know, you got to run all year, and it matters at the end of the year. And then take in the fall, off season, run your take when everything's done. There's no real NASCAR. There's no NIS. Nothing. Run all winter long. Run your Road to Pro series. Broadcast it. Get your publicity out there. Everything else. And then come spring, they're ready for the or excuse me, they're ready for peak if they are eligible. I would but like they, that too. But they the, can't do that because the road to pro qualifies you to go into the Xfinity that's run in the wintertime to qualify right. for the pro series. Gotcha. So there's a couple members on the iRacing community that gave a couple suggestions on how to fix this race. And one of them was to make the road to pro, no matter what, a class A license 4.0 safety rating. What are your guys' thoughts on that? It's too easy to game the system. You could just hop in, do some time trial. And then Corona you're rookie series, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's. I think the biggest issue is not even just this series; it's i racing as a whole. Is it's too easy to get a license, and it's too easy to game the system. Personally, I got to the A license. I raced my way there, like just as a challenge, like it was a video game more so than a test of my abilities. And then, really, by the time I got to that point and was racing, more, I realized I probably shouldn't be here. And eventually, I got to that point, but. The license really, in my opinion, doesn't mean anything in iRacing. It doesn't. So, what about if we get rid of the license, and you just gotta have a 4.0 safety rating, All right? Because yeah. then you're racing with the best of the best. You know, you're racing with the cleanest, right? I don't think there's a problem. If you ask me, uh, it's pretty, it's fine. <laughs> because I mean, who's saying there's a problem? Uh, I don't see that people saying, "Oh, the road to pro is shit" because they're all wrecking and stuff. No, at the end of the day, it's going to work. The cream will rise to the top. It's a very long season. Uh, it's based on I rating and top split uh, championship points that are gained from week to week to week. It'll all work out, and you'll get the right people in peak, I'm sure. And what's what's early on, Brent had brought up protesting, and I've I filed quite a few protests in. Uh, IMSA series for guys just pulling out on the track in front. You remember that win that got taken away because of a, a GTE doing that? Um, you put, you file the protest, and I, I, all you get if they, if they agree with you is we've notified the driver of his consequence. And so we never really have a sense. I don't know. When I get a message like that, I don't have a sense of, of, of justice, not knowing if it was a slap on the wrist or a suspension. I don't know what they can do there, but I think – I know I would feel better about the protest system if I knew what the consequence was when somebody does get found guilty. Yeah. Go Johnny solder him. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, we got to get to uh, hardware software next. Uh, Brent, we're going to talk about 
advice for tuning uh, the new brightness and gamma with your HDR display? Yeah, for an HDR10 display, um, there was a iRacing um, staff member that recommended that the set set to standard or reference HDR R mode or HDR plus to maybe try to be careful not to click the brightness below negative five. He said that there is a bug if you do that, and he says take his word for it. So sounds like a challenge accepted to go out and try that, see what that bug is. But he's saying don't do it. <laughs> So if you have HDR, you need to try these sliders. They're in the graphical options in the sim. They were saying, like, go up and down, like, one or one or two, and then look at it again, and then change it again, and try to find where it looks best for you. All right, uh, David, uh, we got uh, Rift has stopped working. Anybody seen this? Uh, it didn't happen to me, uh, but uh, as far as we can tell, there hasn't really been a fix other than rolling back to the 1.37 uh i have automatic updates installed and so once the update is downloaded rift won't let you go into your your kind of options screens where you can set different things up until you go ahead and apply the update so i got stuck on i think on friday i was like crap i'm gonna have to do the update or i won't be able to have my overlays floating in the view I went ahead and did the update, and there was also a firmware update. I don't know if they were related or if the firmware update helped fix the problem, but it's working fine for me now. Um, one thing that is that I, as I look down at the last post in the forum is it's recommended to go ahead and disable automatic update. That, so that way if you, you get word of this, you don't get forced into it. So that's I'm literally going to go do that now. Yeah, not a bad idea because the update from the Rift uh, basically uh, bricked a bunch of people's units uh, until they were able to downgrade. But not everybody, so I don't know how that worked. But there were several people that said it happened. So, All right, uh, Tony Gross, the SimuCube SC2 Pro direct drive wheelbase review. We got a uh, video. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh... About as much as I can really say. This wheel is the bomb. I tell you what. Yeah, um, I wasn't going to sit and watch this for over an hour. Um, from what I could tell, I mean, it, it looks great. And uh, SimiCube's got a great name. And, um, you know, I've always heard good things about it. Um, other than that, I can't really say much more. If, if, uh, if you're looking for a review on this, you're looking to maybe get one. Uh, check them out on YouTube. Um, an hour and ten minutes. I mean, they're they're going they're diving deep into this thing. So, yeah, this is Sim Racing Garage who did the review. It's a good review if you're interested in this wheel. I, I mean, he shows everything about it. Uh, he what it comes with, what it looks like, uh, how to do the software, and then at the end, him driving with it. And so, uh, pretty cool. Did you uh, see, watch to the end, or just, I flipped through the end here for the viewers, but you see the uh, his setup that he's racing it on? Oh yeah, this guy is like uh, the sim wizard, isn't he? The way that the thing's even mounted, it's mounted on a plate behind the, like the box is mounted behind a plate. Kind of looks really, really nice the way that like his setup dash. is. Yeah. Yeah, this is a nice wheel, guys. The SC2 Pro, uh, Bino has been saying in the forums, I mean, if you're going to buy a, the best direct drive wheel, this is like the third best. Uh, 
on the list. And so, uh, but it's expensive. Man, that triple monitors look really good. So check that out. Let's keep moving. Greg, uh, next up, power a, your VR directly from the PC. Okay, so David, I might have to ask you a question here about this. Um, so uh, iRacing member Gary Tall posted uh, on there that a company named uh, was it tundralabs.com, uh, they have created a, a workaround to power the your Vive headset and um, any of your VR headsets through the ports on your two PCI ports on your PC. Now, David, is do the do you plug in your VR headset? I don't know VR Do you have to actually plug it in and give it power from like an external plug? Mm, no, it's pulling all the power through the display point, port. So it looks like this company. Uh, well, Tundra. it's for these other ones that don't do that. <laughs> okay. So, Valve, so it's for the HTC, so I see. So those ones don't. Okay. That's what I was trying to understand. I, I'm not familiar with the VR setups uh, with it, but uh, so Tundra-Labs.com and then slash shop, they have created uh, a workaround uh, plugin for the two PCI banks um, that apparently works very well. So thanks for that. Yeah, check that out if you have those particular uh, goggles and uh, you want to power them. Uh, Jesse, the Vasaro Modular Sim Rig. Yes, some gorgeous rigs from these guys. Uh, they are sold with or without sim gear needed, so it's nice. You can uh, kind of customize or accessorize based on your needs. I always like that option. You can always get a rig and then add to it later on down the road. Uh, Brent's been looking at rigs, and that's where this all started from. But yeah, they have. Uh, Upgraded McLaren and Formula Series. There's a there's basically uh, entry level to very extreme levels, and uh, yeah, I uh, I would I would definitely recommend these guys. They got some really good looking stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. We've talked about this before, maybe once a year. I always like to drool about on their stuff because it's got a real design to it or a, a art look to it, you know, or a, a modern sleek kind of look. It's like a sculpture. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think they're from Spain, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it's Italy. has a formula vibe for sure, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. And their triple monitors or the way the mounts and everything, oh, my God, they just make you drool. But if you want to check those out, that's Vesaro.com, V-E-S-A-R-O, and uh, they have some beautiful cockpits. Um Amazing. I don't even know how to describe them. They they kind of have the pointy uh, uh, bar that goes around the pedals, and then it points the other direction and comes up where you mount the wheel on it, and it's a very sharp-looking thing. Yeah, so as Jesse had said, I've been looking at getting a rig here, dropping some money on a rig, and the thing that steers me away from Vissaro is the way that that shape is rigged. I'm worried about the flex in the steering wheel and those pipes. Yeah. So Vasaro, if you want to uh, get a hold of me and convince me otherwise, I'm, I'd seriously be considering your product. So s tell me why I should go with you guys. That's I... the very, very thing that tied me into Sim Labs was just seeing how sturdy it was on the reviews. I think, Brent, it might be like, obviously we don't have any full reviews on it, but because they use those triangles um in each part of the thing to strengthen it i think you'd be fine i don't think there'd be any flex at all 
not for the money. Now, not to say that now these were probably built before direct drive was. Well, there was direct drives out, so but depending on what it was intended for in the first place. They have D-Box versions and everything. Uh, they go up as high as 58,000 pounds, or no, excuse me, euros, 58,000 euros. Uh, that's for a D-Box uh, unit with triples. Uh, they call it the Vasaro Formula Professional Stage 7. So that's a lot of cash, but uh, they do have, I saw a stationary one starting at 999 euros. Okay, Jesse, iRacing flags and digital pit boxes are in stock. Get on the list fast. Yeah, I uh, I definitely am a new owner of an iFlag for about two weeks, and I like them a lot. They, uh, there's, not only is it just uh, kind of a nice accessory, but like I was mentioning before, the silent spotters crucial that was a nice surprise i didn't even know it was coming but yeah the uh, digital pit boxes they uh have announced that those are officially done they were kind of some demo modes for a while and stuff i uh i don't know that i would go that far with it just because the sim racing's apps can do so much for you um but they are very uh they they pair really well together and i i did see somewhere in some comments that somebody says that they're looking to do a kind of a stand where you can put them together almost a uh all-in-one package that'd be nice to see kind of clean it up a little bit instead of having two separate the one thing that i've learned with these eye flags and and spotter help things is it's the response of your eye seeing the what's going on compared to hearing it hearing it take your 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 body takes a lot longer to process it but if you have a visual reference it's a lot faster at figuring it out so for me uh having these lights and these things that are coming out are, are really nice to, to have as to additions to, to guys that are to people that don't race in VR. Okay. So this is a new product that they're announcing. That's not right. Not quite an iRacing flag. It's called a pit box is what they're calling it. A digital pit box. And if you look at the end of the video at one seventeen, uh, you'll see it. And it's basically a red box, uh, about the size of a book with a display on one side and uh, that display will show all this information you need for pit pitting like your your temps and you can change the tires and uh, you can do all these different things to uh, with the little display so it's like a, a display you would set next to your rig or something so basically it's a tablet inside of a a box, yeah. A box that they've made. So basically, all you need is the software, and you probably can run it off a tablet. Because I'm sure there, it's their own software that they're probably using, right? Yeah, it is. So I don't know exactly what it does. Uh, they did put up a demo video on YouTube. Um, and it says, no more using your keyboard as you race. Like, you can manage your race from this pit box. It's like a touch screen. See, that's what I, that was my biggest question with it, Mike, was I felt like it is not touchscreen. I felt like it's just information. If it's touchscreen, then they have me sold. But if it's just information, you kind of already have that ability, in my opinion. Well, the video doesn't give a, a lot of demonstration about how this actually works. So I think we need more information. Uh, but they do show a, an actual, uh, you know, uh, part of you know they show an actual picture of it at the end of the video 
where you can get your eyeballs on it, but they don't show exactly the, you know, what's on the screen. So oh, I just went to the website, the iFlag website, and it shows um, what's coming up. It looks like it's just a display that's showing the data. There isn't anything, it's any information looking like you can push to change tires or anything like that. Oh, okay. I found the website. Yep. It looks like uh, how much time's remaining, how much fuel, fuel you have, how many pits you've had since you've lapped, uh, since you pitted. How many laps you had since you pitted? Uh, how much fuel's remaining? That kind of thing. So it's kind of just like another sim racing apps version. It's a display for it. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Track conditions: the average five lap speed. What lap you're pitting under? I wonder if they'd be better off. Like it's nice that they have in their box. I wonder if they'd be better off to sell the software for people to have on. You know. For me, I would take this for like my phone and have it in the center of my steering wheel or something like that. Kind of build it into a dash in your steering wheel. Right. Yeah, I was thinking Except about... it wouldn't have to tie up your phone or your touchpad every time you're uh, racing. Wow. How many of us go through phones every couple of years that have extra ones that you can use? All right, let's keep moving. Will, the new version 2 Jinx sequential shifter is now available. Yeah, so this looks like it's uh, from an Australian company called Jink Shifters. It is a sequential uh, shifter. It looks really nice, all machined aluminum. I mean, it's probably one of the best sequential shifters I've seen in a while. Um, but yeah, they uh, have released a V2. I could not find any pricing or a website for it. Just their Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Shifters. Yeah, these are beautiful, and uh, they're highly recommended in the forums. Uh, I don't know the price. I remember us talking about version 1 maybe a couple years ago, but now he's got version 2. Yeah, and it's a it's a very nice-looking thing, especially if you run anything like the V8 supercars. I mean, it, this thing looks like it's about a foot tall, very sturdy. Uh, there is a video of somebody running it at Laguna Seca in the V8 supercar, and it just, I mean, it very well built i'm not sure what it costs but it's something that's gonna withstand quite a lot of abuse for yeah if you go on youtube you can search sim racer all one word number 38 and they got a video up of them showing uh it in use and it uh boy it looks really nice sturdy too all metal yeah i wish i knew a price though and and he doesn't have a website you have to do facebook all right, David, uh, we got an announcement about Proto SimTech P2 pedals. They're releasing batch number six on July 2nd, 2019 at 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, there are some rumors that this might be the last batch, and redesign is definitely not in the plans, was a response from one of the, t from the, one of the team members. So it looks like this might, if you want one of these, you might have to get in, you know, camp out kind of like they do on Black Friday. Yeah, these go real quick. You have to be there at the time uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern, July 2nd, in order. The website, protosimtech.com, $480 U.S. Good, good marketing. Tell them it's possibly the last batch. That's a good way to get it sold out. Uh, he has no problem selling out. These are no. very popular pedals. They've, I think they went within like 10 minutes the last time or whatever. Right. Now, these are load cell. These are not hydraulic or anything, but they're really nice. Load cell 479. 
if I was buying pedals and I was in that price range, these would be the ones to get. All right, next up I got is a uh, something I saw on a Facebook group called the DIY Sim Racer that Tony told us about before. Uh, Richard Van Zanden posted up a picture of his recent setup. He got triple screens, and uh, he got it all set up, and he figured out a way to get it right, but he had to use his little girl's uh, reading books all stacked in a stack uh, about three feet high to put the right monitor on because he doesn't have a proper triple mount. And uh, I told him, bravo to doing whatever it takes to get the right FOV. But how about that ingenuity? This is this group is absolutely awesome, and they're like I think they're up to over 800 members, and they haven't been going for very long. But the stuff on this just blows your mind. Like stack up some books, hell yeah! <laughs> what happens if uh, you know? I sometimes when I get out, I bump my bump into stuff. I'd be afraid of dropping that monitor, but it's good that he's done that. Well, at least he knows what or, where it needs to be. Now you got to figure out a proper way to mount it. But uh, yeah, kudos on the good FOV to that guy, uh, Richard Van Zanden. Uh, I'm going to skip in the interest of time to our final uh, one. Uh, Brent, I want you to cover the for sale on eBay wheel. Yeah, so there's a gentleman in the forums who is selling a really sharp looking BMW style OMP Super Quadro steering wheel with BMW detailing. It's currently on eBay. It goes for another seven days and two hours from this time right now. So when this podcast released, it'll be about seven days exactly. Check it out on eBay. The heading for that is OMP Super Quadro Quadro steering wheel with BMW detailing. It's a really sharp looking wheel, brand new, never used, he says. Check her out. He shows the OMP barcode, so you know it's uh, legit. And the bid is right now current bid 122 bucks. Yeah, it's got 32 different bids on it. It started out with the bid start out at bid started out at two dollars. This was three days ago, and like you said, it's already up to 122 dollars. There's about a dozen bids so far today alone. It's crazy. The it gets along, the more of the bids will go up, right? Usually, a lot of people wait till the last minute. Yeah. I read uh, on the forum where this poster iRacing member had posted, there was a, a used one that went for as low as he could find was $188. So I imagine this one being brand new is going to go well over 188 Well, now that we've advertised it, we probably ruined it for whoever's trying to buy it for cheap. No, well, for cheap, yes. But if someone who wants a real authentic rim, they're going to pay some good money for it here. All right, well, that brings us to results. Uh, let's talk about that. A NASCAR iRacing uh, Series Sonoma, Wednesday fixed. Uh, Tony Rochette got a P17. Uh, he quoted Brent McCoy saying, Sonoma sucks. He said three cars finished on the lead lap, and the leader had a 1 minute 12 in front of second place. That wasn't even close. Uh, Wednesday open. Uh, David, you got a P14. Hey. <laughs> you missed somebody. Well, I'll, what did I miss? Oh, Wednesday fixed. Uh, Greg, you won. In Greg, or in, I'm sorry, in Mike's defense, Greg was typing it after Mike had already. Yeah, said I already that. moved on from that. You're a little. My slow. problem, my problem is I didn't get it in before the podcast, and I can't put it in while we're streaming the podcast because then someone has to watch me typing it in. So I apologize for that. Well, tell so. us about your win, Wednesday <laughs> fixed. 
Um, that was a. I was just at home early from work, so I was like, ah, maybe I'll just go in and see how Sonoma was. And uh, I qualified fourth, I think, third or fourth, and uh, pretty much was up front the whole race. It was a fuel str- or a, a tire strategy race. Um, there was the the three of us up front were. I did two stops. Another guy did two stops, but he did long stints for his two stops. And then another guy went uh, all through the whole race with only pitting once. And it just ended up having cut it short each time. My tires were a lot better. And I ended up, I think I won it by 10 or 15 seconds by the time the race was done. I think I led half of that race. But uh, no, that was... uh, a fixed set isn't great, but it, it was a fun race. Sonoma in the stock cards. All right, then you got third in the open. I and think his headset battery just died. There you go. And David, tell us about your run. We're good now. I uh, came in P14. Uh, you know, Sonoma actually ends up being fairly, run fairly clean as if you keep your car on the track. Not that many people wrecked and not that many Many people wrecked other people, but um, that's just how fast I was. I'm really disappointed with how fast I've been going at Sonoma. I'm struggling there as the quote-unquote road guy in a stock car at Sonoma. I'm not terribly happy. All right, Jesse, P20. Yeah, I know all about that unhappy, but uh, I'm not, not the road ringer. It, uh, like, like Hall had kind of stepped on there. The one positive I can take from it is I was pleasantly surprised by how uh, clean and green everything, well, obviously it went green, but everything was really, even right off the start of the race, I didn't know what to expect, but everybody just kind of took it nice and easy and let everything single file out pretty good. I just, uh, I just, I don't get around these road courses that well, and uh, I, it was one of those where uh, all I could do is hurt myself overdriving the car and just had to take what I had. 20th is all I had. All right. Greg, you got P3, tire strategy again. Pretty much I ran the exact same fuel strategy, or the tire strategy that I did in the other one, and I was fighting first and second for the win, and actually I was in second place, and uh, a lap car that uh, David and I are pretty much familiar with uh, decided that he was going to get involved in the racing of the top three, and I don't know why. He was two laps down, and... uh, I overshot one of the corners, touched the grass a bit, and kind of just lost it to the sec or the guy that was behind me, and couldn't run, couldn't get a, a clean pass on him um, till the end, and it just was too late. But uh, we've probably all finished within two seconds of each other after that race. But uh, I've run both those races completely, almost with zero X's, clean races. So that I, I think this is uh, going to be a good week for me to farm some I rating. Yeah, and then Mason had a crap run. Uh, I don't remember where he finished, but he was way back in the back. All right, Thursday open. I uh, P30, DQ'd out, actually. Couldn't even finish the race. Uh, got stuffed in the wall at the start-finish at the start finish line, literally. Uh, I was on the outside kind of just trying to stay out of the way and not get wrecked, and some guy on the inside just plowed into me and pushed me up into the wall. Two minutes damage and or more. Uh, and then after that, I just got uh, involved in several different incidents and ran out of incident points. Uh, I suck. I need to be on ovals. Uh, Tony Rochette got a P26. Uh, he said he stuffed the wall twice, called it quits, going to find some Boone's Farm wine after that run. 
Uh, and then uh, Mason, he got a P11. Solid race. Uh, he's had a little too aggressive at the start, but settled in. Uh, and then Will, you got P4 after a pole. Yeah, I, uh, uh, fortunately for me, made a second split instead of making top split like you guys. So I had a chance. Uh, qualified got pole. Uh, just really focused on my lap. I wasn't even looking at the time and got to the end. I was surprised. Uh, led a few laps at the start. I was probably about fourth quickest after the first stint. So I really worked my strategy around getting past um, or getting up to third. And it worked out really close. And right at the end, I was catching him. Um, was within a half a second. Um, by about maybe two more laps, I think I could have got by him. But it was a really good race. Only ended up with two X, um, just two one-offs. And uh, yeah, just a really good fun race. And glad I uh, still low enough in the I rating charts that I could still be in these lower splits. And David, you were frustrated. You were in my race. You got a P nineteen. Yeah, just slow again. It was top split. If that, if I can take any solace in that, but. Just wasn't excelling there. Um, I thought I was I was excited to see the colder temperature. I thought it would I would get around better, and uh, I didn't. I just that's where I ran. Um, and by the way, on Wednesday, Mason didn't run NIS. He was doing the league race. Oh, is that what that was? Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Jesse, uh, you got P seventeen. Not too much better. No, it felt better. I was a little more consistent, but uh, I. I just uh, I just want to go back to the ovals. All right. Intramural standings, we'll update those next week uh, because of the off week. Uh, let's jump into talk about official. Uh, David, you bring it home again at Spa for the LMP1. Good job. Yeah, I'm, that car, I'm really getting around in it well. I took that lesson from Cronky uh, and... Uh, not only did I learn a lot for specifically Le Mans, I picked up on some some specific bad habits that I was having uh, as far as how I was apexing, and it's helped me hit the other tracks as well. Uh, so I'm I'm, tend to, I'm running towards the front a lot in the, in that LMP, and it's a it's just a fun car to drive. Okay, uh, William picked up a win at Lima Land, qualified P2, had a good start, and led every lap. Very good. So uh, w that was limited late model. Yeah, I, uh, that was a, just a really fun, clean race. When those races go, when nobody's wrecking, they're just a lot of fun. I thought I had a great start watching the replay. I sucked, but the uh, leader sucked more, so I got by him and just kind of ran away with it there. A lot of fun. Good job. All right. Get the confidence up. Let's talk about confidence. I... Got two in a row last night in the rookie Dirt Pro 4 Lucas Oil Series. I think I'm, I'm finally figuring these trucks out a little bit. But uh, the trick is you got to qualify up front. You got to be in the top two or three, uh, and you got to make and you got to get the whole shot pretty much if you're going to win, uh, unless somebody makes a mistake. Uh, with no cautions, I mean, you really just got to be up front. And I've been qualifying well, so. Um, it was fun last night. I'm going to be running these uh, every time I can. Uh, I am having a blast in the dirt truck. Yeah, congrats on the uh, two dirt truck wins. So what you're saying is now that you got the Pro 4 mastered, you're going to go down to the Pro 2, right? You know, I ran that the other day, and I couldn't even drive the thing. I mean, it, <laughs> it's, you can't go backwards. I don't know how. Yeah, it's a little challenging, that Pro 2. That's the only one I've ran so far, and it's uh, 
it's a handful. You need to get in the pro four with me. You're gonna love it. Uh, it is fun. Well, my trick, my trick is, is to get really good in the pro two and then jump in the pro four and just dominate. Yeah, there's people I've been racing that have really built up their I rating already uh, in this truck series, uh, and you're you're seeing people separating themselves from everybody else. So uh, you don't want to wait too long, or uh, you'll miss the boat. Will, uh, tell us about Rookie. You got a P1 as well at Rally X. Yeah, and I just kind of wanted to rant about this race just a little bit. With um, a win? Yeah, so this is actually right after I picked up the win in the limited late model. I was feeling good, feeling confident. There was 12 cars registered um, once when I registered, so 11 when I signed up. Um, and the way it split, it split into two six-car races. And essentially what happened was is we have that eight minute qualifying and with six cars i qualified pole second place was really close me and him should have had a really good race uh two cars dropped after waiting that eight minutes so that only left four cars on the grid the guy who one of the guys who didn't qualify just plowed through the field and pretty much took everybody but me out um and it was just i mean i'm happy i won I, I'm a little disappointed I didn't get a battle with the guy who qualified second because I think we were really close. It would have been a lot of fun, but uh, that eight-minute qualifying just has to go. It's a waste of everyone's time. If you're only going to have six cars out there in a 40-second lap time on at the slowest, why do we need eight minutes to qualify? People are dropping from these races, and if I was new to iRacing and a rookie and experienced that, I would have been like, why am I paying for this? It's just just come on cut that thing to four minutes and let's get racing all right uh league is next osra daytona mason stiver p13 came back from a lap down after some questionable racing uh brent you uh ended up p4 in the podium esports street stocks uh final standings yeah let's go back to uh, mason stiver though real quick in that league race that we the irish launch podcast sponsored for the online sim race association want to give a shout out to the race winner uh kevin hash congratulations on winning that race i know it was a good race overall you he I think he led about 48 or 46 laps and i know mason made the comment towards the end that there was some questionable racing maybe that had something to do that it was a fairly new season that was starting out but Overall, it was it was good to see the racing on the track. So, congratulations to those people that participated, and thank you for participating in the iRacers Lounge Daytona race. Yeah, um, I forgot we were yeah. involved with that. Yeah, yeah, we were the title sponsor for that. It was a good good turnout. So, as far as my podium esports street stock series, that is now finally over with. It was a twelve race season, started back in January. I finished P4 in the point standings. I went into the night last night with two races to go, was P4, ended up finishing the series P4. I found out towards the end, though, that if I would have raced all of the races, all 12, that I probably would have won the championship. I had to miss two races because I was out of town, so that cost me probably the championship right there. But overall, it was great series, wonderful. Thank you to Kyle and the guys in, at Podium and the broadcasters and Cisco, so thank you. Yes. Yeah, neat uh, league over there. Uh, Jesse, Northwest Racing, what'd you get? Yeah, I got a P4, another good uh, 100 lap at Chicagoland in the uh, Xfinity car, and we probably ran the first 86 under green. Uh, damn near two full pit stops under green. Uh, really good race, and then we got a late caution, and uh, 
this series, I've talked to quite a few of the guys in there, and uh, they say that there's quite a bit of uh, new talent that's brewed this season compared to previous past two seasons. And uh, so you get stacked up there in the restart, and we're three and four wide, kind of like the end of an NIS race and nowhere to go, and made a mistake on the bottom in a three-wide situation, and I uh, slid the nose and got into Chris White, and hate doing that to a guy, but uh, he's a good guy, and uh, he's uh, also a listener to the podcast. So, yeah, again, Chris, sorry about that, man, but we'll uh, go on to next week. All right. Let's get into final thoughts. Brent McCoy. A couple final thoughts here. I want to thank our sponsors, Sim Labs and iPitting. If you guys would, go check out iPitting's new software that they just released. I believe it was yesterday. Got a lot of team features involved with that, so we're definitely going to be utilizing that as a team here at Tifosi Racing. also want to give a... Um, get you guys inputs on some sim rigs i'm going to be purchasing a sim rig looking to drop a couple grand on a, on a new sim rig because i'm sick and tired of using the desk if you guys would get a hold of the iRacers lounge podcast here on facebook or shoot us an email and we will i will gladly look into your suggestions all right so many choices uh boy that is a tough one i'd be looking at that three thousand dollar gs5 seat go find you another grand and you'd have to have a cockpit to go with it. But anyway. Uh, credit uh, cards, right? Credit cards. <laughs> it's so right. easy to spend someone else's money, right? I Mike? know. I'll tell you what you want to buy. Yeah, I right. really wanted me to buy that one. I almost talked you to you. You had the it. money for it, though. I do, but I, could, I just decided no. Maybe next year, right? All right, David Hall, final thought. Speaking of rigs, my P1X is supposed to ship tomorrow, if everything goes as I hope. I heard back. I heard from him yesterday. Um Obviously, they're slammed. They closed their they closed their orders for a little bit, trying to catch up. So it's always good to know that they're in, in that kind of a situation. Uh, speaking of eye pitting, I we're promoting it. We do use it, particularly. I use it to uh, keep track of our point standings in our international race, and we all also use it to give Brent a hard time when when every time we we look at it. Yeah, and then we'll update that next week. <laughs> And finally, um, the, the NBC event was really fun. And then I was talking with some of the guys afterwards and telling them that I'd be going straight to re- almost straight to recording the podcast. And one of the guys is a subscriber in there, and I didn't catch his name because it was on Discord and you don't see who's talking. Uh, but he said he was asking about where to find the links to the show notes. And I just went ahead and posted a, our link on the facebook page so go go in there look at the facebook page and my post should be towards the top and you can get all the show notes there yes uh the show notes are great guys because that's our uh our links and so everything that we talk about all these stories they're all linked and so you can go back to that and pull it up while you're listening to the show and and kind of look at what we're looking at so uh it's a great resource to go back and look at hardware and stuff you've heard about on the show so check that out for sure thanks david uh greg hectus final thought uh i'm just really enjoying this week so far actually i've been enjoying the last couple weeks of nis uh i was really good at michigan i missed last week's podcast so you guys and i forgot to write my results down so i forgot to mention my i won a michigan race too coming out of that week um so I've got two firsts and a third in NIS in the last uh, my last three races. So I'm pretty pumped. I feel like I'm the most dialed in I've been. And now that I'm using the uh, telemetry software and, and working with uh, David and Mason and Brent and all that, we're we're really becoming 
getting the setups dialed in. So um, you can watch me on uh, twitch.tv slash frozen cactus, frozen with two O's, cactus with two K's. Um, and uh, I know, Mike, you made a comment you like my new layout um, that I put on there. It's a little bit more pleasing to the eye, I hope. Um, but yeah, come subscribe. I want to try and trying to hit 100 subscribers by the end of the month here. So maybe somebody, you guys can let, uh, help me out with that. Yeah, you easily got the best layout of all streamers. Uh, it looks really sharp. All right, uh, Jesse Gray, final thought. Just uh, sorry to you guys for having to listen to me during these past couple Sonoma races, but I've gotten through Sonoma and ready to get back to the ovals. Thanks for Josh for coming on the show. Good to hear from him. Hopefully we'll have him back after a championship. Yeah, one final thought with uh, Jesse and myself. We are each getting the Formula V2 Fanatec steering wheel from Fanatec. That should be here. I believe mine comes in next Tuesday, so be ready for the next uh, podcast recording for us to give an update on that from Fanatec. Nice. All right. Tony Groves, final thought. Well, I sure haven't uh, been doing a whole lot of asphalt racing lately. I've been uh, taking a break from NIS, and um, I won't uh, repeat what I put in our messenger about Sonoma, but um, heck no. Uh, been having a lot of fun with the uh, with the trucks. Probably made a, made a few people mad by uh, crashing into them, but eh, it is what it is. Um, dirt ovals have been kind of treating me pretty well in uh, – so I'll be exploring that for the, at least for the near future. Anyhow, been uh, been really enjoying it and been finding the fun in, in racing again. So that's it for me this week. All right, we got Daytona coming though, so be ready for that. Will Gibson, final thought. Ah, uh, just uh, coming off of a good confidence building week. Got a couple wins. Ran to get a Sonoma. Really looking forward to seeing where I stack up with those non-wing guys during this upcoming season and bringing that to you. All right. Uh, my final thoughts. Uh, wow. I've been running the dirt road a lot, uh, every night coming home, uh, and running that and, um, confidence is up. It's pretty fun. Um, I can't wait for Daytona. I'm sick of Sonoma already. I just want to get my points and get out, but, uh, but that's it. Am I the only one that liked Sonoma? Yes. Yeah, no, you're the only it. one who's getting good runs. Yeah, I'd be happy if they turned that into a grape farm. So, <laughs> All right, and with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.